Are you feeling stuck? Are you searching for purpose and a more fulfilling life? Are you looking for inspiration and encouragement? Then this is the place for you. I'm Brooke Moore. I'm Gretchen Jackson. I'm Kelly Strother. I'm Tharwit Lovett. We are Shifter. In this podcast, we will address all things mindset. You will hear real stories from real women who have faced their fears, crushed their limiting beliefs, and have turned their mess into their message by shifting their mindsets and leveling up in business and life. Hello, I am Farwit Lovett. Welcome to the Shifter Podcast. Here we encourage, inspire, invite, and most importantly, celebrate the women in our community who are leveling up and all around killing it by shifting their mindsets and letting go of the limiting beliefs that once held them back. These women are not only transforming their lives, they are also encouraging and inspiring other women to live their best lives. Today, we have a ray of sunshine, Tracy Beavers joining us. Let me tell you a little bit about Tracy. She is a wife, mom of two, and a dog mom. You can follow her dog, Patton, on social media, cute as can be. Uh, Tracy is a multi-passionate entrepreneur with over 20 years of experience in business, sales, and marketing. She founded Tracy Beavers Coaching a little over a year ago to help overwhelmed female entrepreneurs get unstuck and back on track toward their business goals. Welcome, Tracy Beavers, to the Shifter Podcast. Thank you, Tharwit. I'm excited to be with you today. So, Tracy... Can, is there anything else you would like to add about uh, your life experiences and, and kind of what led you into the career that you have landed on? So I, um, as I, as you mentioned, I have lots of experience in business. I, you know, went to high school, graduated college, got the job and have been in corporate America ever since then and really um, found that over all of the positions I've held and jobs that I've done, the, my favorite thing about it is helping people. And I was figuring out and noticing that people were coming to me a lot for advice, for coaching, whether it be work-related or personal. And so I really thought, how much fun would it be to be able to build a career around coaching? And so that's why I decided to start Tracy Beavers Coaching. That makes absolute sense to me. I've known you for a couple of years now, and you are truly one of the most inspiring and motivating women I have met. It just, it comes so naturally to you. So I'm glad that you have been led into a a field, a career that really uh, utilizes your natural gifts and abilities. All right, Tracy, so I'm going to ask you a few questions. Uh, the first one is, what is one of the significant breakthrough, breakthroughs that really played a role in changing a belief or shifting your mindset? So I think um, I had to think about this question uh, quite a bit. I have um, really worked over the past 15 years to design my life the way I wanted to have it go. Um, I realized that I had the power within me to do that. I realized that we all have the power within us to do that. Um, Growing up, I thought that your life was just given to you and you had to just get through it the best you could and that there wasn't really anything you could do about 
your life, your circumstances, um, where you lived that, you know, all of those things, I thought they were just kind of given to you. And I realized that I needed to make a change and I had the power within me to figure out where I wanted this to go. What did I want my life to look like? How did I want to be, um, how did I, how did I want to show up in the world every day? How did I want my Monday through Friday to go? Because, you know, so many people are just grinding through Monday through Friday and then having their fun only on the weekends. And I thought that's, that just doesn't seem right to me. That's just wrong. And so, um, yeah, that was a significant breakthrough for me, realizing that I do have the power to create a life of happiness and joy um, using the gifts and the talents that God has given me. So I love how you reached this point to where you realized that you had power within you and that you could take an active role in, in manifesting whatever it was that you wanted to see or experience in your life. Yes. I, um, I have a couple of questions. Number one, what exactly does power look like and feel like to you? And then number two, what was the the trigger or, or, or was it a slow process that, that led you to the realization that you had access to this power within? It was a slow process for me. Um, you know, growing up, I, well, there weren't a lot of, there wasn't a lot of discussion about mindset or the law of attraction or anything like that. Um, I grew up in a small town in Fort Smith, not far from here. And I mean, I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but uh, back in the day, we just, I mean, it just wasn't around. We just didn't talk about it. Um, And so I, when um, Oprah was still on TV, she had the creators of The Secret, the book, The Secret on her show. I read the book, I got the DVD, watched the movie, and it was the most woo-woo out there stuff that I had ever heard of, but I thought, but it was very, very intriguing to me. And so it was a slow process that started there with little seeds being planted about, okay, is there something to this? And then, and you and I have worked through this because you're my life coach. Where does God play a part in that law of attraction? You know, because some people think if you believe in the law of attraction, you don't believe in God and vice versa. And so putting those pieces of the puzzle together as a Christian So it was a very slow process for me. And the power, when I talk about, I had the power within me really um, goes back to just thinking to myself, if I'm not happy, what, what makes me happy? How do I want my life to look? And, you know, not, and, and fully relying on God and fully relying on the universe and angels and all those things that I believe in. Um, to guide me and show me what it is I'm supposed to be doing here. Because for me, I just could not imagine that being in a cubicle eight to five, Monday through Friday was the, was the plan that, that was supposed to be for my life. I just, it was just hard for me to really be okay with that. Mm -hmm. That's all there was. Right. So, um, real, really embracing 
this this notion of power, it sounds like you made this transition from life being something that happened happens to you uh, into mm-hmm. something um, life being something that happens because of because of you or because of us, yeah. right? Um, we take a more active role in the unfolding of our lives, but at the same time, as you mentioned, uh, the role that that God plays and um, and prayer still in your life as you embrace some of these ideas and principles of the law of attraction. For a lot of people, that does create a, a bump in the road. It creates some resistance. So, what are what are some of the things that that you were able to reconcile in weaving both uh, of those? sides of your life or both of those aspects into something that was cohesive? For me, it's one and the same thing. It's, it's not two separate things. Um, I believe that God, the universe, um, gives each of us gifts and talents that are uniquely ours. And you help me uncover that myself, you know, Sometimes as women, we don't think there's anything special about us or as human beings, actually, we don't think there's anything special about us, but that's not true. No one shows up in life the way I do, just like no one shows up in life the way you do. And so when I'm thinking through God, the universal law of attraction, for me, it's all the same thing. It is listening to that voice inside me that was given to me, in my opinion, by God Mm -hmm. about what are my gifts and talents and being honest with myself and being able to admit that there are some things that I do really well. And it's not bragging. It's just, um, giving a voice to and recognizing, um, our uniqueness as humans and then thinking through, okay, how can I use that? in the best service of others. Cause I do believe we are here to serve other people. And the more we do that and the more we give, the more we will attract to us of the same thing. What we put out into the universe is what we're going to get back. Right. Our, each of us, I, I love that, that you, that you mentioned that, that each of us has our own natural gifts, our, unique abilities and skill skills that no one else on the planet has identical to to us so i agree with you i believe that when we acknowledge what those gifts are and we give ourselves permission to exist with them to use them to embrace them then it really is an expression of gratitude not so much, like you said, it's not bragging, but but it, it's an expression of gratitude. And and I love how you have woven all of this together and see it as something that is that is the same rather than separate. Because um, uh, uh, I have I have said a couple of times or many times that that life has really become one long conversation with God, mm-hmm. and there is a time for action and there's a time for listening and the dance between the two really I think um are are what helps us to level up and um mm-hmm. and succeed in the way that we all desire and hope for so I Tracy, with you. I, mm-hmm. yeah I, I was just gonna say I agree with you in the the gratitude part I believe it I firmly believe it is me showing God how grateful I am for the gifts and talents that I have 
by using them. Mm-hmm. It's a almost thing. a disservice. In my opinion, is it is a disservice to hide them, to not use them. That's almost like saying that's being ungrateful to God for what he's given us. Right. And so you meant, you've mentioned a couple of times how the, the thought of sitting in a cubicle from eight to five for the rest of your life sounded so daunting and really overwhelming. We, I think that we get used to this, this pushing. I think that we get used to existing in a world that doesn't feel authentically ours, that the idea of, of working in a career or an industry or having a life that flows with ease sounds wrong, that yes. we believe that it's not possible. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yes. I, and I believe, I believe that generations coming up are changing that messaging. But for me in my generation, work was supposed to be hard. And if it didn't feel hard and it didn't challenge you and you weren't stressed out and exhausted, then you weren't doing it right. And you weren't successful. That's what success looked like with someone toiling away for 60, 70 hours a week, not seeing their family, um, not having fun. You know, it work was not, it was work. It wasn't fun, <laughs> supposed to be fun. And so somewhere along the, the way, I just thought that just doesn't, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Why, why in the world would I be here to live a life that is not fun and happy and fulfilling um, all at the same time? There's no reason why you can't have a life like that. And I do believe that generations uh, younger than me and especially my daughter and her generation are really changing the landscape of that and finding ways to um, work to not have, uh, not have work dominate their life, but, you know, they work to make money to pay, to, to pay for the way they want their life to go, but they're not going to, you know, drive themselves into the ground with stress trying to, trying to do that. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you have very intimate relationship with, with that, that limiting belief and also growing up, I heard some of the same limiting beliefs that you just, you work hard and, and the work is something that you have to do in order and able to afford what you want to do on the weekends and um, money doesn't grow on trees and all these wonderful limiting beliefs that we were fed when we were growing up that we spend, I think, an awful lot of time as adults trying to uh, unpack and let go of because we realize now that they're no longer serving us. Yes, for sure. So Tracy, can you give me an example of a time in your life when you turned a mess into your message? Actually, yes. And it is something that I share when appropriate because I find lots of people go through this exact same thing. And I believe that I went through it in order to help others with it. But it was um, back in 2007 when I realized that my marriage was ending Um, I felt like I had done everything I could to save it, to, um, you know, make it work as they say. And I hadn't worked in a couple of years. I had had some jobs and I had owned some businesses with a friend of mine and things like that, but I hadn't worked a traditional W2 job. Mm -hmm. So I had no job. I had no money of my own. I could not afford to live in the home 
um, where my then husband and I, our marital home, couldn't afford that on my own. So I really didn't have any place to live. And I knew that I needed to, I needed to, to figure that out. That was a big mess. And I had, at the time, our kids were little. Um, so I had two little ones with no money of my own, no job, no place to live. But what I decided to do was take it one day at a time, put my faith in God and the universe that things would be okay. And I would figure it out. Um, and within six months, you know, I had a job. It didn't pay a lot of money, but it was the perfect spot for me to work through, you know, the divorce and, and helping the children work through that. Um, because of that job, I found a, a house we could rent. Uh, it was more than I had planned on paying, but somehow, you know, it was one of those situations where um, my husband and I, my now husband and I talk about sometimes how life doesn't always calculate on paper. And that was one of those situations where on paper, it didn't look like I was going to make it, <laughs> but we did. And, you know, one day at a time, one decision at a time, just literally saying, okay, God, what do I do next? This is what, I, this is how I want my life to go. Show me how I can make that happen. Mm -hmm. So I love that, that you and your John, or John, your husband uh, discussed that life can't always be calculated out on paper mm -hmm. because there are moments in our lives where we have our plan that we yeah. have sort of written out and we're expecting to unfold. But sometimes life has an entirely different plan and it, it, it really requires us to be able to pivot, to be flexible and open. Uh, what, tell me how that's worked for you in, in your life. Cause I know you're someone that really, really loves having a plan. Oh yes, I do. Um, I've gotten better about being more flexible. I'm not quite as planny if that's a word as I have been in the past, but for me it's, um, and you and I have discussed, you know, the, the nuances of the brain and how the brain is there to protect you. Well, for me, what calms my brain when I am feeling anxious or worried is a plan, whether I can write it out on paper or I can close my eyes and visualize it and working through it in my mind um, is very calming for me. I, um, every morning I have, I am statements that I write out that just remind me they put my mind in the right mindset for the day and they remind me of my gifts and talents and they remind me of the unique person that, that I was, you know, that I am. Um, so that's, that's really what helps me walking through different scenarios, thinking through how I would plan for the what ifs gives me a sense of control, even though I know darn well, I don't have much control <laughs> really. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So yeah, that helps me is just, you know, thinking through it and then taking the time to say, okay, this is what I think, but I'm going to pay attention to the, the small voice, the nuances, the details that come my way, because there may be a better path to follow. And I have to stay open to that. Right. That flexibility this year, for sure. 
2020 has taught many of us the, the, the need for flexibility and uh, the need for us to be able to pivot when life gives us something that, that is unexpected. And you're right, the brain, its job is survival, to keep us alive. And we have evolved as human beings to, to be biased toward the negative because, because the brain's job is defense, it's to keep us alive, it's constantly scanning for threat, for danger. I love how when you wake up every morning, you write down the I am statements, you move through your affirmations, you really are soothing your brain who's just trying to protect you. You're, you're, so you're taking control of your physiology in a sense by exercising that every morning when you wake up, you're priming the pump. And I think that's a, a great tool for, for any of us to use when we wake up in the morning. We're the ones priming the pump, as opposed to as soon as we wake up, we turn on the news and we're listening to all of the information coming across the news. Or as soon as we wake up, we, we open up our email and we read an email from an angry customer. We don't want those things priming our pump for the day. So I love that you take charge of that. Tracy, if you could give your younger self a piece of advice from your older self, what would that piece of advice be? Oh, there's so many things. <laughs> um, I think um, the, the biggest thing that comes to mind is that I would remind myself and tell myself to love myself as I am, realize that I do have a place in the world, a purpose to serve with unique gifts and talents and embrace them rather than comparing myself to other people and thinking that I'm not good enough or I'm not enough or that I'm somehow missing the mark because I don't have the same skill set or, or gifts and talents that that person has. And so in comparing myself, it's not really fair to do that because, you know, each of us is created different, but I definitely would remind myself of my worth. Mm -hmm. So is there a difference in what you have defined perfect to be in the younger version of yourself and, and, and is perfect reconceptualized for you now? What is your Absolutely. definition of perfect? Mm -hmm. So when I was growing up, you know, bed made, everything organized, straight A's, um, you know, a, a certain weight, um, a certain way of dressing. And, you know, the um, Norman Rockwell painting. Mm -hmm. But that's not real life. And in my growing, I've learned that. Um, and so perfect for me revolves around happiness and being happy myself, but also wanting others to be happy. That's what perfect is to me. It's not a certain uh, size pair of jeans. It's not a certain amount of money in my bank account. It's not, you know, making an A plus. Um, and it's not really necessarily other people's approval. It's, you know, am I happy? Am I 
making others happy? Am I contributing in a way that adds value to the world? And is my family happy? So happiness, then you're saying, is less something that is achieved by what we're doing and more something that is the byproduct of, of an, an acceptance, alignment. When, when we are existing in, this, in a space of a full acceptance of who we are, like you mentioned earlier, really living your unique gifts and your unique abilities, then happiness is something that, that, that comes as a result of that. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. My favorite synonym for, for love. When I know when, when, when I was initially told you really want to have that life life that, that, that you've always desired. If you really want to feel enlightened, then you have to learn to love yourself. It's all about self-love. And initially I'm thinking, how do you do that? How do you, how do you love yourself? Because we perceive love or I perceive love as something um, that you read about in a romance novel. We, we romanticize love, feeling in love with someone. And I'm, I had no idea where to look or how to start for that feeling of being in love with myself mm -hmm. until I arrived at the place where I realized that maybe that's not what that means. Maybe it's important for me to reconceptualize love less as something that's romantic, that's an aspect of love, and more as, as moving into the space of acceptance. So my favorite synonym for love is acceptance. I get self-acceptance. Self-acceptance is, you know, I am who I am. My hair color is a certain way. My body is shaped a certain way. I have unique ways of perceiving the li life and, and my own unique skills and abilities and embracing that, accepting that, and then, and then building a life that, that aligns with that, mm -hmm. where I can utilize those things, really produces uh, a feeling, I think, of happiness and that helps us to move into the space of self-love. Right. Everything that you've ever experienced that, that looking back, um, you felt was really hard were, were significant challenges that you didn't know if you were going to be able to overcome. Looking back from your perspective now, how do you perceive those moments and would you take any of them back? Oh, that's a great question. Wow. Um, you know, I don't really think I could take any of them back because everything that happens to us makes us who we are. It sounds cliche. It's something everybody said, you know, it's one of those trite sayings you hear, but it, it really is true. Um, I think when hardships happen, when bad things happen, because they do, the best thing in my mind, when things don't go as planned, my grandmother used to say to me, okay, what can you learn from it? Let's find something good in this and use it, turn it around and use it for good instead of letting it get us down and thinking that life is terrible and life is hard. And so I think when those bad experiences and hardships happen, for me, I find comfort in saying, okay, Tracy, 
or, you know, God, the universe, what am I supposed to learn here? Because this stinks and I'm not happy. And, you know, I, I've got to find the purpose in this. And so as much as I would love to undo some of the crap I've been through in my life, um, I just, I, I don't, I don't think I can honestly say that that would be the best thing. Mm-hmm. There's growth. There's so much growth in those moments in life that, that we didn't know if we were going to make it through. But when I look back at them in my own life, I wouldn't change a thing because I wouldn't be who I am today without right. the, the growth opportunities, the perspective, the wisdom that were born from those challenges. Yes. And I also believe that then it is our obligation when someone in our life is going through a similar situation, I feel an obligation to share my experience with what happened with me in, in a way to help inspire them that it's going to be okay. You know, Mm -hmm. when I have a friend who says my 12 year marriage is ending and I didn't see this coming and I don't know what to do and I don't have anywhere to live and I don't have any money on my own. I think people are shocked when they meet me and they, that I, I think they just think that, that nothing like that could have ever happened to me. And when I have someone in my life that's going through something that I've been through, I feel an obligation to say, Hey, this stinks. It's easy for me to say, but things will be okay. It will be okay. And I'm proof of that. Mm-hmm. That's beautifully said. And I do firmly believe that it's those moments that we have, that we have struggled through in life that, that breathe the compassion. So what, what you're saying, your, your ability to relate to and give advice to in an inspiring and comforting way, someone mm-hmm. who may be moving through a similar experience as you in the past, that's compassion. That's, mm-hmm. that's cheering the wisdom that you gained, the learning from those experiences. And that's, mm-hmm. that's beautifully said, Tracy. It, it's, if there were more of us that, that had the courage to turn those messes into messages and then share it with other people, that's emotionally validating. And most of us really, we can figure out what we need to know in order to solve our problems or challenges on our own if we have that emotional support and that emotional validation. Yes. Tracy, what are some tools, tips, or strategies that you would share with listeners on how to um, overcome challenges that they may be moving through or to really embrace the power that, that you have found within yourself? You know, um, it's not easy to do when you're going through a bad situation, for me, I literally was taking it one day at a time. And sometimes it was one hour at a time. And sometimes it was five minutes at a time. And I had to really rely on my faith in a way that I never had before and allow other people to help me it's easier for me to help you than it is for for me to allow you to help me. Mm -hmm. Um, And just telling, reminding myself every day that it was going to be okay, 
that it was going to work out. I wasn't sure how, didn't know the how, but I just, I just had to walk through it. And there were times that I would be, you know, in the couch cushions, crying my eyes out. Like, I don't understand what is happening. I don't understand what we're supposed to do or learn from this and, you know, get it all out of my system and then wake up the next day and put one foot in front of the other and make the best decisions that you can. Um, I'm trying to remember there was a, there was a mantra that I wrote out and I can't remember. It's been so long since I've had to say it, but during that dark time, I would, I had it kept, I kept it in my wallet and I would literally look at it two or three times a day and just calm myself with it. All is well. I'm okay. You know, everything's working out for the greater good, even when it didn't seem like it, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. even when it really, really didn't seem like it. Mm -hmm. I think that that's so relative to what many people are moving through this year with Mm -hmm. um, the pandemic and, and uh, shifts in career and shifts in our personal lives, taking it one day at a time is incredible advice. And I do agree with you 100%. Women, especially, we struggle with delegation. We, we feel like we should be doing it all. And it is our job yeah. to serve other people. It's, it, it's really hard to it ask is. help. It is. And growing up, again, the generational thing, I don't know if you remember that Charlie perfume commercial, you know, I can bring home the bacon, I can fry it up in a pan, that thing. But that messaging was everywhere. Women were in the workforce. We were raising the kids. We were expected to be chief cook and bottle washer at home and then go earn an excellent living and never think twice about it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's that, that message of, well, you can have it all. Well, I don't agree with that. I think you can have it all. You just can't have it all at the same time. And as women, we are trying to have it all. And we want to look Facebook fabulous all the time and Instagram filtered and our children as well. And we just want everything to seem like it is just running so smoothly. And sometimes it's just not, and Mm -hmm. it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely okay. We need to, as women, we need to not be so hard on ourselves for sure. Mm -hmm. And so you have built a career where you help women with just that. You help women uh, who are experiencing the overwhelm. You, You coach them through that. You help female entrepreneurs uh, um, create the plan that you're so, you're, you're so talented at of, of how to get where they want to go, the tools and the strategies, the visualization and the importance of taking it one day at a time. Can you tell us a little bit about your business? Yes, it's, um, it's very, very fulfilling to help my clients get where they want to go. For me, some of my clients haven't ever had anybody say to them or ask them, what do you want? How do you want the rest of your life to go? You know, what are the things that are important to you? Because as women, we, you know, we put everybody else first and we go headlong into career and having children. And we wake up one day and we're like, I don't even know who I am anymore. 
you know, I, I remember being asked years ago what my hobbies were. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I don't have any hobbies. My hobbies are whatever my kids are doing, you know? And so that that's where we start to lose ourselves. So what I do is, and it's mostly business focused, it's for uh, women entrepreneurs that own a business and they want to be the most fulfilled in that business as they can be. That doesn't mean that everything's, you know, not is going to be sunshine and roses every day. But as women, you know, my clients start a business because they're passionate about it. And then they get a couple of years in and all of a sudden they're like, this feels like a job. And why did I start this? And where am I going with this? And so I can come alongside them and ask them the questions that they haven't taken the time to ask themselves, which is, is this something you want to keep doing? If it is, why are you lit up about it? Why do you love it? And let's bring that passion back and figure out ways for them to grow their business um, without exhausting themselves and without it sucking the life out of them. You know, being able to set healthy boundaries with friends, with family, with clients, even Um, one of my clients, she had not she didn't realize it, but she had given up her boundaries with regard to her clients and she was being contacted, you know, eight o'clock at night. And it's like, no, you know, we have to be brave enough as women to say these are my working hours and to set and, and be available for our clients when it's best for us, rather than feeling like we have to be at their beck and call. Mm-hmm. And I have other clients who just need confidence with regard to, you know, even something as simple as their pricing structure. Uh, a friend of mine was uh, told me, she said, I feel like I have to apologize every time I give somebody a quote. And I'm like, no, ma'am, you don't. First of all, men don't do that. If a man gives you a quote for something or an estimate, he's going to be like, here it is. And, you know, take it or leave it. So why do we as women feel like we have to justify our pricing um, or the way that we run our businesses and being brave enough to delegate, to know when to delegate? Um, I have another client who we were talking just today about does she, is is this time right now right for her to hire an assistant? And what does she want that to look like? You know, down to, is that person a 1099 or a W-2? Does that person do lots of different, um, you know, jobs within your business for you? Or is it just one designated thing you want them to assist you with? Um, You know, all of that. So really just coming alongside women and helping them in their businesses, find the joy and the happiness and make that business work for them rather than than my words, rather than they're working in it all the time and exhausting themselves. Right. And let me tell you, you are phenomenal at what you do. And um, I love how you're helping women and you're coming from a place of integrity. Like you've, you've, you've lived it. You've, you've done it. Like everything that you suggest to a client is something that you have moved through or experienced yourself. So that's a, that's a beautiful thing. Um, yeah. having that type of sincerity and, and the compassion and your ability to inspire and motivate. It has been wonderful speaking with you today, Tracy, we end each episode 
with three questions that I am now going to ask you. The first question is, what is your favorite book? So this is kind of tough for me because I do love to read. And um, I will say that in the last 10 years, my reading is more from a business mindset standpoint. Um, I don't, I don't remember the last time I read a fiction book. I just prefer to consume information that, um, you know, helps me help my clients. So um, if I had to pick just one, it would be Jensen Chero's Badass series. Um, the You're a Badass book that she started with, and then You're a Badass at Making Money. Um, I love her so much. I have both of those on audio and I just bought her newest bad badass habits book and I have the badass desktop calendar. So um, it's just, it was the first time that I read a book that's basically gave me permission to be proud of myself and to say, yes, I have gifts and talents. Yes, I have a reason for being here. Mm -hmm. Right. She, and I love Jen Sincero. She, she, as Felicia Miller Johnson says, it's all real talk. So it's, you know, the way that she tells a story and she shares information, it's super easy to read, very inspiring, very validating. She's and very funny. Authors, and, and very yeah. frank. She's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> she is without a doubt. Okay, Tracy, what is the best piece of advice you have ever been given? The best piece of advice would be what comes out of your mouth comes into your life. Thoughts become things, right? They do. And that's something that you taught me um, along with the other women in Shifter and the work that we do in the mastermind. Um, absolutely. We have to be, and you taught me this, we have to be energy snobs mm -hmm. with regard to what we allow in. It's just like a computer, garbage in, garbage out. So if I'm hanging around, like Jen Sincero says, if I'm hanging around broke ass people lamenting about how broke I am, what do you think I'm going to get out of that? What do you think I'm going to get more of? And right. so instead we have to, be vigilant about the thoughts, the ways we talk to ourselves, what we say out loud, um, because that's what you're going to have in your life. Right. That's a great piece of advice. And everything psychological is simultaneously physiological. So mm -hmm. the thoughts that we're thinking, the, the, we are like you, we were discussing earlier, it's priming the pump. We're, we're letting our brain, our nervous system know what is important for us to pay attention to. And then our attention is directed toward those things. And before we know it, we've, we've lost control and our ability to regulate our own life experiences. That's an, an awesome piece of advice. Well, what is the worst piece of advice you've ever been given? So I would have to say that, um, it wasn't one piece of advice as much as it was messaging. And, and I mentioned it, it's just a generational thing that I, I believe is changing now. And I pray that it is. Um, it's that you go to high school, you go to college, you get the W2 job, you sit in the cubicle, whether you like it or not, and you're grateful for having a job and you grind it out Monday through Friday. And the only fun you can have is after your work is done, 
And, you know, maybe on the weekends when you're not doing the ironing and the laundry and the groceries and getting ready again for Monday morning. And, you know, that you get one vacation a year, you get one week off a year, and that's got to be good enough. It's just realizing that that's poor messaging. There is no reason why people cannot design a life that they absolutely love. Now, you may still be sitting in that cubicle, but by shifting your mindset and putting in place some things that you can do mm-hmm. to improve your life mm-hmm. will, will um, you know, bring you that joy and happiness. But yeah, that was that messaging of, you know, this is just the way it is and you're going to work there for 40 years and then you're going to get the gold watch and the pension and, you know, and you don't change jobs because then you look like a job hopper. <laughs> Right, right. I, I don't know how many clients have, have come to visit me and they have said, I did all of the things. I followed the prescription that was that was written for me. Yes. You graduate high school, go to college, get a degree, and then you get married and you buy a house and you have the job yeah. and you work yeah. for 40 years and you retire. And, and then that's where you find the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And right. they're sitting at the end of that rainbow, they're, they're sitting there on, on the backside of all of those things we've been told to do and they haven't mm-hmm. found it. They don't know where the happiness is because that, as you know, is not where it comes from. Right. We've been looking in all the wrong places. So I, I love that you share that message and you give permission for women to, to, to figure that out sooner than later for themselves in their own lives. Is there any piece of right. advice you'd like to like to leave the listeners with? I, I, I would just say it all comes back to mindset. Just like you, we talk about in the podcast, you know, every podcast episode you have is just amazing with regard to um, women that have redesigned their lives into something that truly brings them joy and happiness. And I would just like for people to understand that they have the power within them to do that that there's nothing wrong with taking a step back and saying, does what I'm doing in my life right now serve me? And is it the highest and best use of my talents and abilities? And if it's not, that's okay. But you, it's, it's an exciting time to decide how you want the rest of it to go and make steps, even if they're baby steps, towards designing the life that you want to have. Right. And visualization works, right? So sometimes taking those baby steps, if there, if we don't know what direction to move in, we don't know what action to take. Sometimes the Mm -hmm. action is just, it's building that vision board. It's, it's writing down your dreams, your goals, your aspirations. And you did that very thing, right? And then you, you manifested this interview, Yes, I did. This being on a podcast has been on my, um, my list of things I write out every morning for, um, I think about a year actually. Um, and you know, I, I know we're limited on time, but I firmly believe that I manifested my now husband, John, um, when my marriage was ending and I was down in the dumps about it, I thought, okay, Tracy, what, what would the perfect, not perfect, but what would a good husband for you be? What, what would that relationship look like? What, how, you know, 
what does that look like? And I literally made a list of things that were important to me in a partner and didn't know if I was ever going to meet that person, but I did power visualization and, and no better time than, um, the beginning of a new year to begin that process, putting a vision board together. You can purchase a poster and cut things out of magazines. There are apps that you can download on your phone in order to build vision boards that that you can set as the the lock screen on your phone. Lots and lots of options. Tracy, it has been fantastic speaking with you today. Thank you so much for being on our podcast. You certainly are an inspiration to many. Uh, men and women alike. If you would like to learn more about Tracy Beavers, then you can find her on Facebook and LinkedIn. We will make sure to add that contact information in the show notes. Thanks again, Tracy, for coming on. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Shift Her Podcast. We are here to share stories that inspire so that you can create the life you love now. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review, share on social media, and tell us why it resonated with you. You can follow us on Facebook at ShiftHer, Instagram at ShiftHer.co, and read more about us at www.ShiftHer.co. While you're there, sign up for our High Vibe monthly newsletter, where we share even more inspiration and stories from our Mastermind program. Links from today's episode are in the show notes.